One time I saw Arcade Fire in, uh, what's his name, the front man had the flu and he, he could barely perform. And then he was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just come. We'll turn everything off. I'll come down and we'll jam with you in the audience. Oh. And it was amazing until I realized he has the flu. Yeah, he's got everybody <laughs> sick. He's, he's spitting zero. on everybody. Yeah. And then sure enough, I got sick the next week. Epic fail. <laughs> ben, when right. did it again? My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the month. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the month. My name is Chris Plant, and I know the best game of this month. My name is Russ Fetsky, and I know the best. <laughs> Welcome wow. to the Besties, where we discuss the latest and greatest in pop culture trends, hashtags, fashion, celebrity spats, and celebrity hookups, and video games, and hot new pizza flavored ice creams. But today, this month, it's all about video games. If you turn them on, you start to play one, you might think we're the bleeps and bloops, but they've come a long way since uh, since Pac-Man. What if we months- had just done a dad rock concert? The yeah. entire the entire podcast. We shifted our format exclusively dad rock from here on out. I would not complain. I would complain about that. It would make it very difficult to edit. There would be lots of continuity errors. Uh-huh, One of these sure. months, we are going to bring a Pac-Man game. You all realize that, right? Like, eventually, they're going to make a Pac-Man game that's going to be pretty good. And then it well, will there be. Was that, that Switch one yeah, came out, Yeah, we had out, a shot it? at this. Pac-Man oh, versus, shit, yeah. shit, you're right. I missed it. I missed it. <clears throat> um, this was the most buckwild month in one of the most buckwild years of video games since I've been alive. Can we just start talking about honorable mentions? Because I think we're going to have a lot of them. They're all yes. hitting. Video games are hitting so hard. They are hitting extremely hard. I wanted to talk about Steam World Dig Two uh, on the the Switch, and it's on other stuff too, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it's on PS4 Vita. Actually, you can uh, get. Is get it real. already? Yeah, I thought it was. Oh, okay. Well, um, I played it on <laughs> Switch because I just really, really like playing <laughs> games on Switch, and I loved. Uh, I loved Steam World Heist. I didn't get as deep into it as I did the original Steam World Dig. Uh, which was this like new original IP game from Image and Form, I think is the name of the developer yep. that just like came out of nowhere and was really fucking good. It's just Image all about, Heap, I think, uh, what is it? It's Image and Heap, I believe. Mm. What? I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're wrong. And it, it's just a game about digging down and finding treasure and then spending that treasure to get upgrades to help you dig down better and like finding mm. little puzzle chambers and uh, SteamWorld Dig 2 uh, does that, but it's like 10 times bigger than the original, and it's just like this huge world that's like really, really fun to explore, and they added a bunch of new traversal mechanics that makes like getting around the world like really, really fun. Um, I got really sick last week, uh, like just completely like stomach death, uh, and I just laid in bed for like two days and just played through all of it and had a had a, well, not a good time. But uh, yeah, I, the game was good the, at time. The game was very, find. very good. Um, it, it, it captures some, ri- even with like a two dimensional, like w- in what would feel like a fairly limiting perspective, like it captures some of the best things about games like, well, like Minecraft, I think is, is probably the best example of like that sense of your bag fills up and you can get pretty deep and you'll have a full bag of gems that you 
trade in for like a ton of cash, but you don't know how to get back up and you don't know the quickest way and you're risking death and losing some of your stuff. Um, and it makes for like really thrilling moments where you're like, okay, I just have to keep digging. I have to find a way to get these to the yeah. service. And also I'm out of light and I'm so close to death, but I just have to keep pushing because I have to rescue these, these gems. Um, another cool thing is like skill challenge. Like there are surprising little moments of uh, really challenging bits that are like perfectly sort of laid out there to make them very tempting. There was one, I ran into recently called the floor is lava yeah. where you had to uh, navigate this entire area, basically never touching the ground or the walls or the ceiling. And you just are using your hook shot type thing to grapple from place to place. And it's really, really hard. Um, and, but you get a really, you get a cool reward if you beat and it, I bet. And there's a ton. Oh, you didn't. Oh, it's a shame you didn't do it. Um, <laughs> and there's a, there's a ton of really smart progression hooks in there too. Like in, in addition to the stuff you can buy, you can unlock, uh, skills that modify like a lot of different things about your character and how you explore the world. And there are collectibles you can find that unlock more skills. And there's a ton of stuff. I, I think it's a great game. And like, I love that this developer has like, has like made this made this thing that is such a like such a success also it neatly ties uh the steam world dig game into steam world heist at yeah. a certain point which is really huh. fucking cool um yeah it's it's neat i i think it's great they've created this world that is like it's uh, all the games released in this world so far have been really solid something i'm fairly early on griffin but something i'm struggling with that i'm curious if they remedy um i find killing enemies with the pickaxe doesn't feel very good um mm. do you get uh, more yeah. options for that like later on yeah, I mean, you get like pressure bombs that you can shoot out. Once you get the hook yeah, shot, once you use the hook shot, you can use that to to do combat. Uh, it'll kill some en enemies and it'll uh, knock back some enemies, which you can use to just like knock them into pools of lava. Um, yeah, you, you use you also get... like a faster melee attack that you can unlock. Oh, there's there are there's, there's a lot it, but, of different stuff. But you're right. Like get. I didn't really find that I was using the pickaxe for combat very much. It, it's yeah, a, it's a, for a digging game like for, where there's lots of uh, not to say that's a sub <laughs> subgenre. But uh -huh. for a game where there is like this huge expanse to dig, it all feels very considered, which is inter like yeah. even when you're deep in, you still feel like someone thought about you being there yeah. and well, wanted it's, to make it a fun experience. It is designed for pace. It is designed. It knows how many cycles of, oh, my inventory is full. I got to go back to the top. Uh, you will do before it wants you to get to a fast travel point or to a challenge room or to like a, a, a you know, a story mission or something. It's, it is, it's a, it's a brilliant game. We could, we could go on and on, but let's, again, September was buck wild. So let's keep, keep pounding. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? 
to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Come a long way since Dig Dug, right? Yeah. Well, no, yeah. not really, because this is oh. a very Dig Dug-like <laughs> game. Um, can, we, can, you, can you inflate enemies that make their guts pop? No, Jesus, you fucking That's animal. What you do with What's, What's wrong crazy. with you? Um, I've also been playing Danganronpa V3, uh, the, the newest Danganronpa game, and I'm enjoying that a lot. I, I, I've always really liked that series, and this one is uh, is really good. It is, it's, um, it, it takes some time to get into it. Like, And I think this is the biggest problem with these games. It's a visual novel about uh, 16 high schoolers. Each one represents like the most skilled person in various crafts, and they're called ultimates. So there's the ultimate detective and the ultimate inventor. Um, and uh, they are placed in a high school where the only way to escape is to murder somebody and mm. get away with the murder. Uh, so there's always a murder, and then you go around investigating it, and then there's a class trial where everybody has to work together to figure out who the killer was uh because if you get it wrong then everybody dies it's like a really it's a neat like <laughs> it's a really neat like i uh concept for a, a a story and for a game it just takes like a little it takes how, a long time to how like how long does it take to like usually play through one of these games i mean a while they're they're pretty beefy i mean visual novels in in general can be pretty expansive sure. experiences i'm probably like uh i'm probably i would estimate like 12 hours into the story and yeah. i think i'm uh i think i'm on the next to last uh, uh, uh sort of act of the game that's um, not so bad see when I you have... say like a long time i picture persona where it's like so oh, just no, play no. for 12 to 20 hours no it's I, not nearly not nearly that bad i had this exact problem with danganronpa 2 which i love the first one and i really like the um virtue's last reward the 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 sort of like sister series i would say to this um, but I could not, I bashed my head against the second Danganronpa for like several hours and it just like was yeah. not it's, hooking it's, me. And I'm sure it picked up eventually. It's just like, you have to really be in the right headspace for one of these games sure. in a month where there's so much other stuff to play. It's, it's a little tough. There's a uh, lot of lore. And not only that, there's 16 characters, right? And, and obviously yeah. that gets whittled down. Uh, but you do before you can start the game, like you need to know like what this world is about, what the stakes are, what the rules of this world are. You have to know like what the different environments that you're in are, because those are going to be like, clues later on and then you also have to get to know these 16 characters to an extent where you can like know how to suspect them uh what, later what later happens on. if they're you're wrong at the end uh then everyone everyone dies since it came over Question. yeah but like can you just like reload a save yeah 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 you you, you oh, just okay. redo the class trial there's not permadeath in this visual novel that would be pretty okay. wild you'd be like fucking moby dick it's like turn page 51 if you shot the harpoon good turn page 53 if you missed turn 53 t throw your book away you lost yeah. you lost moby dick throw it away I, a question is this like near automata where you have to like keep playing oh, to see all God. the endings because that that feels like a thing that i've heard about a lot of visual novels. Yeah, that's that's, that's a valid question. Let's keep talking about near automata. Yeah, you like how I got that in. 
that's definitely part of the Virtual Less Reward series. Is, it's is, the best part that, about VLR, but, but it's yeah. uh, it's also it's Zero Escape. Virtual Less Reward is the Zero Escape, second right? Thank game, you. Yeah. It's the second um, one, yeah. No, no, no. That that, that has never been a, a facet in Danganronpa so far. May in this one, but okay. I'm pretty sure it won't be. Uh, what I does the a, title mean? Uh, Danganronpa means I think Truth Bullet. Hmm. Uh, because you shoot truth, <laughs> you shoot evidence. You sh- well, it's it's very literal. Uh-huh. Like you get evidence, which takes the form of uh-huh. bullets, which you actually shoot into statements. There's a lot of new stuff you can do in the class trials in this one, and the the most like buckwild one is mm. uh the the basic thing is like somebody will say something, and if you have a piece of evidence that contradicts it, you shoot it into that statement, and it it you know counters their argument. But if you hold the button, it turns that statement into a lie, and so you huh. can perjure yourself to like try and if the case just reads a standstill and you know that everybody's on the wrong person but you don't have evidence to support it you can lie and so you have to be thinking sort of like on two levels whenever you get like really really stuck in a class trial of like okay well can i lie to like perjure myself but try and move the case forward or try to incriminate the real culprit um it's really smart they've they've done a lot of stuff to the class trials to make it more interesting this time around Mm. cool any other honorable mentions I mean, I feel like I've done all of them, but uh, oh. there's a new Picross game on Switch that's extremely good if you like Picross. Oh, but let me ask you about Picross real quick, because I have dipped my toe into the waters of Picross, and the impression I get is that it sort of, like, caps out pretty quickly in terms of, like, variables... So the big Especially one that they add, 2D. The, yeah, the, the big one they uh, so Picross 3D. Uh, if you didn't play it on 3DS, is like in my opinion a must-own game on 3DS. It is like a brilliant puzzle game where it yeah. is Picross, but it takes place on uh you know you know with these 3D objects where you're chiseling away <clears> blocks. Um, and there's different rule sets, and it's very like. Uh, it's very cerebral and very rewarding. In this one, they have mega lines. So the basic premise is like there's a number, and that tells you how many blocks are filled in in a line. And you have no to, way you can explain Picross right. in language. It's not. Uh, we and can it, move in on. this one, it has mega lines, which basically okay. tells you there are shapes uh, across two lines that uh, are connected bricks right so it could be like a tetromino t across two Mm. lines and it'll tell you four and so you know it's going to be you know maybe three on top or one on bottom and so you have to factor those in uh, on top of the normal rules and it's really difficult and really requires some some good brain thinking to figure out uh uh i got one uh heat signature oh yeah uh, oh yeah the, the new game from tom francis who did the very excellent gunpoint uh <clears throat> and this this one is oh gosh um imagine hotline miami except you can sort of pause time whenever it makes sense for you and sort of plan what you're going to do and also sometimes teleport weapons and objects from the level into your hands so mechanically that's that's sort of the idea um, but the the setting is space. You're sort of a mercenary bounty hunter type, and you have a crew of people that you can sort of switch between as you go. Each one has a different thing that they're trying to accomplish in this world while you reach towards a, a an overarching goal. Um, but ba- the basic thing <laughs> is you pick up a mission. Uh, sometimes it's assassinate someone. Sometimes it's steal a ship or whatever, and you go out and you're tiny little space pod uh, and basically have to fly into the ship uh, to hijack it. And then it turns into that sort of top down hotline Miami perspective. Um, And there's just a lot of really cool ways that handles stuff. Like um, if you get shot, for example, 
in 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 while you're on one of these missions, you get picked, you get knocked unconscious, and get thrown into space. Basically, they take you to the airlock and flush you into space, and you have to grab your body by remote controlling your pod to to fly into your body and pick it up. But mm-hmm. that character then permanently has less uh, time. The next time they get shot to get picked up, they have less yeah. oxygen reserve. That's true. That is scientifically accurate. Yeah, so that's that how sense. that's how it works in science. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's just a lot of really cool stuff. <clears throat> like in the moment, you can decide, like, well, actually, I'm going to kill everybody and take this ship for myself and go sell it. Uh, oh, and so it's lo- not like a like a very specific objective, like Hotline, where it's like, well, kill everyone, and that's what you're doing. You're killing well, everyone. No, you do have that very specific objective. Like it, uh, oh. it's always like assassinate this person sometimes it is steal a whole ship sometimes sure. it's steal a certain thing off of the ship uh sometimes you're racing against time before like a- alerts start getting set off and you can sort of stealthily make your way through uh, uh a little bit but it's it's a really interesting um tom francis does a lot of really smart stuff with like minimal design choices and and yeah. subverts them in really interesting ways but uh, it's a really, it's a really cool game, and, and I feel like Gunpoint signature. I feel like Gunpoint, which was this other game, was well received, but also like very intimidating in terms of the mechanics. Am I thinking of the right game? No, Gunpoint We're, was pretty straightforward. It was, a, was it that was, the one. Oh, I'm thinking of the like one where a, you like program switches and stuff. Yeah, yeah that you was do it. do that, but it's very oh, I was fun too and dumb for that game. Intuitive if you're a sort of thinking person. Yeah, I'm not. Um, <laughs> not um, I, want, thinking. I want to mention a game I actually haven't played yet, but I think is really cool and I'm very excited to play it. I think I'm going to pick up a gaming laptop and maybe take it on the on the go with me because it seems like a good game for that is uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, I played the original one. It is like a, you know, top-down uh, uh you know, CRPG. It's like a Baldur's Gate. Kind of, I think CRPG is the name of the genre. Um, Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. The, the original Divinity Original Sin was so cool because there's so much stuff you could do with like actual physical interactions in the world. Yeah. So you could like pick up a barrel um, full of oil and throw it down to create a pool of oil and then cast a fire spell on it to like blow it up. But it's taking place in this like turn based CRPG sort of format. And it, it was really smart. What I love is in speed runs of this game uh the of, of the original original sin was to uh the fastest way to do things was to take a chest and fill it up with like a billion things to make it weigh like a megaton and yeah. then use like magic or hacking maybe to uh lift up that chest and like drop it on enemies to instantly kill them because it's so heavy that it does it's like that shit like that is 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 in the game and have you, you seen know, the uh teleportation videos no no where people are getting like i i i don't know how original sin 2 works so pardon me if this is all technically wrong but people are ramping up their teleportation powers and then instead of fighting bosses teleporting like the big bosses to the other big bosses in the game and then just having them kill each other that's fucking great that's great that's um, crazy so, so like that stuff is really cool and from everything i've heard like original sin 2 is like an rpg masterpiece <laughs> so i'm excited to dig into it yeah. what i wanted to mention is that it also has what's called game master mode where other people can uh, i think mm. four people can hop into the world create their characters hop into like this online environment that is run by another player who's playing as the game master and they have a suite of tools to run people through like proper like 
pen and paper RPG D and D style Crazy, adventures. Yeah. Um, so they can like create these uh, text prompts and have you roll dice to like get through them and then uh, do battles where they control the uh, enemies and they can use like fog of war to lock things out and they can create items on the fly that they can drop into people's inventories. Um, and there are modules that will be released to like help lead you through stuff. One of them is the, the starting one. Uh, that comes with the game is actually Lost Minds of Fandelver, which Juice and I have played a couple times now. It's the starting, uh, like, uh, starter's handbook uh, adventure that comes with 5th edition of D&D. Uh, it's really, it seems really, really, really cool, and I would love to, like, get a group of folks together to, to try to play so it sometime. Did yeah, they so license like, that? Uh, or... Yeah, yeah. That seems oh, like wow. a good streaming thing. Like, yeah, I think it could be really fun. I think, yeah, yeah we could definitely do something like that. Um, I, I have one other thing I want to mention. Uh, in, okay. I, don't, I think this technically counts, but the SNES Classic Mini. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It, it is such a great thing, and I'm so glad that it feels like they Nintendo is still having its way. They it, there There's a scarcity that they're getting video of people waiting on lines that can fill up morning shows and build up hype. For Christmas, but it seems like people who wanted a copy on launch day, for the most part, were able to get it. Yeah, Plant and I went to the Plant and I went to the same place and didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, because they had so many copies. Right, like fifty um, of them. Yeah. Yeah, but it is it is so wonderful, and it is. I have hooked it up to. We have a projector in our bedroom, and having it hooked up to something like that, where the cords aren't really an issue because it's just right next to the bed. Yeah is it's such like a nice little like treat um and, and that feels like such a nice place for it to be i i, I yeah. can picture it in the dorms especially and it just being such a perfect little thing and when you think about how expensive these games are to own legally yeah, yeah. um what a joy it is that there is a somewhat affordable option for people to own things. Where yeah. does it work out to like five bucks a game at this point? Uh, I think there's 22 games and it's 80 bucks. So uh, less than that. Three. Even I, I think, yeah, I mean like a copy of final fantasy three or six, but three in America would cost you probably about 60 bucks yeah. these days. Super so Mario RPG. Yeah. I mean, what have, so what, have been, what have you been playing most? I've been, I've been digging into uh, secret of mana just because <laughs> it's one of my favorite games basically of all time. Uh, I've been picking at Super Metroid just because I don't know oh, if I ever so finished good. it as a kid. I remember it's playing so most of it. Um, it's a ridiculous lineup. It's like you yeah, keep looking like it is baffling. And it's been really cool to like my daughter's three and she can't really like grok a lot of the, the gameplay mechanics. But she like being able to show her this stuff yeah. uh, from my childhood and being able to turn on... Um, the one that I was most excited to see for some reason was Super Castlevania 4. That was yeah. the, first, yeah. it's the first SNES game that we got. And I, yeah. I can still remember like what the uh the moment when I held the chain whip button and yeah. could move the direction around and the whip just flailed all over the place. And I can and remember thinking as a kid, like, you could never do this on the NES. Never. Look at that whip <laughs> flipping around. It's amazing. Mode 7 and up in that game. There's yeah. some yeah. amazing the shit The whole Mode game. 7 I, level, under, I think it's the underground level, is, like, so yeah. fucking great. The uh, thing I kind of found interesting, I was able to pick one up as well. I, w I was actually not going to get one, and then stupid Amazon parked their stupid treasure truck, like, a block for me, and I was like, <laughs> oh. So I picked one what, up. What a curse. And I know it's the worst. Anecdotally, and it was not as hard to get. Well, I showed up at no, Target for sure. at 55 yeah. and just but rolled up on one. I guess, and 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 Juice sort of mentioned it, but it kind of made me think the other day how interesting it is when we think of like nostalgic games and we have this picture of like pixelated games. And the reason 
uh, you know, pixel 2D games are a big deal is because a lot of people that are making games now grew up with those types of games. And it's kind of interesting when you think of like, there was a part of me when I was growing up, like when the N64 came out, I was like, okay, 2D games are basically done. We're never going to see them anymore. And now there's this like new wave of nostalgia, which will up impact the current generation. So, so uh, Justin's child will grow up with 2D games and that will be part of their nostalgia as well. Yeah. And so it kind of lives on. And I well, thought it's like yes. 70s culture. Like we had 70s culture as teenagers. And now there's like certain 70s fashions that are bouncing again. Yeah. As we like have kids. I, the thing that I cannot wait for is there is a culture and like just a shout out to these people, Tumblr artists who were raised on the Sega Dreamcast. And I, I love that that you can start to see a wave of nostalgia for that window of video games and i love it i i i I don't know if there's going to be so much warmth for nintendo 64 like playstation 1 era because woof are are those games rough i think they're yeah they're kind of what nes the you know having the nes mini to the snes mini was um, no i think early 3d games just age really really poorly yeah is the problem like well, I think mo- early... obviously mario 64 is great but like most of those to, are pretty to brutal that, to that point holy shit Star Fox one is unplayable y'all yeah. <laughs> that frame rate yeah. i did not realize how fucking bad that was like it's yeah. i remember loving that game as a kid and playing it now is like whoa is my yeah, I thought, my, I thought Star the Fox S- Two. I honestly the thought same. the SNES Classic was like I thought mine was broken because it's yeah. literally like four frames a second. It's super bad. By the way, Sega, if you're listening, Mini Dreamcast Classic. Oh my, uh, oh my god, gosh. I would devour Can it. You just do it, please. and it has to come with a VMU, you know, because well, if I can't absolutely. carry around my little KO, <laughs> uh, we gotta get we gotta move. Well, let's into get games. cranking. Um, just yeah. Justin is doing Destiny, so why don't we save that for last so we can I can take I can go more first. time and let's move through ours okay. a little quicker. So uh, I'm bringing a game called, I'm going to screw this up, Metroid Samus Returns, I think is the name of the game. Mm. Uh, I hesitate <laughs> only because the, the game that it's based on, which was Metroid 2, The Return of Samus, um, but essentially it's a remake of Metroid 2. Um, and remake's probably not even fair because it's really like a total... I have no uh, idea why they called it. I, I have no idea why this is not a... It's a total conversion. You know when you, like, it's like... Every aspect of the game has been completely redone. The map is completely different. The art uh, is fully 3D. It's a 2.5D game, but like it's all 3D graphics. And um, just every single aspect. The only thing that they kept the same was the plot, which is Samus needs to go to the home of the Metroids and murder every fucking one of them. Uh, And you do that. Um, And it's just, I think what's amazing about it, and, and I felt the same way about metroid zero mission which was the remake of the original metroid game that came out on gba i think gba yeah Uh, yeah right um basically took all of these things that you remember about these classic games and love about these classic games and then added modern gameplay design concepts to them without and and also a ton zero mission had a ton of new stuff yeah Uh, and a ton of new stuff it added basically a another chapter to the end of the game that was kind of buck wild but it doesn't feel like a departure or a rewriting. It feels uh, like additive on um, like what the core idea was. It, it, it kind of just like paints a new coat on this like nostalgic memory that you have with like gameplay that is not like a total chore to get through. And um, 
Metroid, the new Metroid, which is on 3DS, probably the last 3DS game I will ever play, if I had to guess, um, which is kind of a bummer, but also bringing this shit to Switch now, I hope. Um, it adds stuff like countering attacks, which I think has only been in one Metroid game so far, and that was uh, Other M. But in the 2D Metroid games, you can basically, like, the fact that you can counter an attack in a 2D Metroid game means, like, the, like, clumsy eight-directional aiming shit is gone, where if you have the proper timing, you basically counter an enemy as they're attacking, and you basically annihilate them the second you after you counter them, and it feels, like, really fluid and cool. Um, there's some amazing boss fights in this game, apart from, like, so you fight, like, shit, I think there's, like, 40 Metroid boss battles those in total. Have been, those have been pretty lame for me so far because it's like the them? same I, it, the metroid fights are just like kind of the same thing over and over again it feels like except like there's slight changes to their patterns i don't really i mean they get part of pretty it. fucking complex i don't know how far you are they get pretty com- fucking complex towards the end um i kind of liked that you would like meet one and it'd be kind of a tough fight and then they'd like change the environment around a little to make it a little bit harder and then the second that you felt like okay i've really like i've mastered this fight like i crushed these metroids the metroids evolve and then you're fighting like a completely new one with different patterns and different styles and stuff like that um so i like that but there's also some other boss fight stuff um that i really thought was just like some of the best boss fights in metroid history are in this game uh there's one in particular that i don't want to spoil but it's really spectacular and it's just like oh god i couldn't put it down like I, i reviewed it and and generally you know for review games you kind of have to play it very quickly and it's a drag but here, like, it matched my pace of, like, how often I wanted to play it, which was all the fucking time until I finished it. Um, it's it's really excellent. If you're a completionist, there's, like, some really smart completionist things in there that, like, don't make you look on a game fact to find every single collectible. You can, like, actually find it all in the game. Um, and it's just fucking great, man. It, if you love Metroid, especially classic Metroid... But really, any fucking Metroid game, it's one of the best they've ever made. Uh, and I feel like it's kind of kind of be forgotten by nature of it being towards the end of the 3DS life cycle. But shit, dog, it's so good. I, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Griff, go ahead. I, I just like, I, I, I have enjoyed it. I, I got to like the second part of the, or the third part of the world. Um, so early. It's huge. It's a lot bigger. Than I, I, I know it's very, very big. I, I, my main complaint. I don't know how to get past this, and it's kind of what made me stop playing it a little bit. Also, the fact that this is a very competitive month. Um, I don't think it feels very good, and I think the biggest, my biggest complaint there is just like I don't like um, having to use the uh, analog stick to move around in 3DS games. Uh, because like, I don't think it, I don't think it feels great. Like if there's ever an option to use the D pad, especially in a 2d platformer game like this, like I will always opt for that. Um, and like that, that alone also like, I don't know, it feels very, um, it feels very fast. Like the way that Samus moves, like she falls very quickly and, uh, you know, t- turns her momentum very, very quickly while in like another 2D Metroid game, like it's a little bit floatier. Um, and so that combined with having to use the stick, like it just doesn't, it doesn't feel that great to me to play it. Um, and I get that you have to use the stick because there is 360 degree aiming this time around, which is, uh, yeah. which is, you know, kind of a, kind of a cool thing, but, 
Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of just wish I could move around using the, the, the D pad just cause that, yeah, that, I, that, I, I don't in the disagree same way. with the I, 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 thing, yeah. that was exactly what I was going to hit on. It's just, th this is not a knock against the game proper. It, I, I, I just hope it like the bring it to switch or something, because I really don't enjoy, um, I really don't enjoy the feel of the game. And I think it is just centered on the disc. I don't like moving around the environment with the the stick it just feels weird and i also don't like the having to stop to aim with the the trigger there to to give me that like complete control it just doesn't i don't know that that part just I, isn't clicking I, from a control perspective i think it's just 2d games that that bothers me like a 3d game like the super mario 3d land uh game the the stick is fine and like a top-down 3d game like animal crossing new leaf like i i, I don't mind uh, using the stick to to run around a 3D space, it's just having to like go around a 2D environment, like pressing down on the 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 uh, circle pad to like duck to get you know a different angle on your shots. Like I don't know, I, yeah, I, I just don't think it feels that's, very good. It also that's fair. it also is this is not really a complaint about the game, but it is also weirdly infuriating to start a Metroid game and not have the things. To not be able to instantly turn into a morph ball and then oh, not have stop morph it, balls. Oh, no, that's all of them. That's every no, Metroid I'm not, I'm not game. I'm not saying it's all of them. I'm just saying like, it's very irritating to have to back out of a tunnel to shoot the thing when it's like, I know you know how to do bombs. You've <laughs> learned this so many times. Please tell me you still remember how to do this. She sold all her equipment between games. That was quick. Uh, that's, that's nice. That's, that's, that's all fair, but I, I think it's a great game. There's got to be another 3DS game coming. What about all the... Uh, Atlas is re-releasing like a bunch of really great uh, Nintendo DS RPGs, including Radiant mm -hmm. Historia, which nobody played and was a fucking masterpiece. Put um, that shit on Switch, dogs. I'm not. I eh, can't. Right. I'm sorry. I'm charging enough devices right also, now. Also, the uh, the uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, like one, oh, of, yeah. one of the first great, is coming out. Uh, they're doing a, a remaster of that. That There's shit, some... I would buy on Switch in a heartbeat. Yeah, like... but I mean, I got the I got the new 3DS XL, uh, which I really really enjoy, or I guess the new 2DS XL. Uh, which I, I think is really fantastic. So I'm I'm actually eager to play more stuff on it. I do love that Mario and Luigi early games are great. Yeah. Uh, next, let's go with Mine. Cuphead. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about Cuphead. Cuphead. Oh man. Uh, in a released in a in a whirlwind of controversy comes Cuphead, a very perfectly okay uh, boss battle collection that is a throwback to. 1930s cartoons and 1990s uh, running gun shooters for the mostly the Sega Genesis, like uh, Treasure Games, Gunstar Heroes comes to mind. Metal Slug. Sure. Uh, kind Ish. of. Ish. Um, boss battles. Wise. Yeah, it's it's mostly boss battles. I, I think that they realize that releasing a collection of boss battles in the year 2017 is a little unusual. So there are a handful of platforming stages throughout the game uh, that I don't quite know why they're there because it doesn't feel like that's where their hearts were. Uh, but the boss battles, wow, are they good. Um, for people who like uh, a little bit of difficulty, who enjoy shmups, um, who enjoy bullet hells, who enjoy learning boss patterns and then exploiting them, uh, this is the game for you. It is you. You play as a Cuphead. You can play with no, another not person. a Cuphead. His he, name well, is. Cuphead. I'm sorry. That's not. Well, there's we a race know. of Cupheads. There could. You don't his dad, know. His dad the could Lord. be named Cuphead. Yeah, he could be Cuphead Junior. Um, and then Mugman is is your co-op person. 
and you uh, just fill enemies with uh, little projectiles, uh, and it's mostly static screens, uh, and they use different patterns, and you master them. I mean, it, it's really, really simple on the top level to talk about. The joy of it for me, uh, having, having played through it, is I think it to do these games well, uh, you, have, you have two things that you have to nail. Uh, one is, where can I be on screen? Um, like, uh, a lot of good shmups have, you, you have your spaceship, uh, when I say this, I'm talking about shoot-em-ups, uh, where you're flying around and just waves of bullets are coming at you. You have your ship, but then you have a dot on the ship, and that is, like, the, the point that can't, you know, be touched by a bullet. The rest of your ship oh. is fine. So, yeah, like, you, you, it has to communicate those things, and I think Cuphead had a huge challenge in itself in that you're, you're a large character, um, and also it's this beautiful 1930s animation making it look good and natural and not just be the cliche glowing red areas on a boss yeah. is, is very, very tricky. Um, and they, they communicate it very, very well, um, barring some issues at the very end. Um, the other thing is also just nailing the, the feel. Uh, you're talking about your movement. Um, I played it with an Xbox Elite controller with a D-pad, and... There it's a goes. shame these things are so expensive because I, I think that is really the best way to play it. Um, it feels I mean, the so normal much Xbox controller has a D-pad on it. It does, and oh I, I played God. it with that too. And it's, Here we go. It's fine. Here it it's fine. fucking elitist. Oh, 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 I mean, come literally on. We can't, we can't, case, we can't right? do a, a type five on, I can't use my hockey puck on my DS on Samus, and then, and then be like, oh, no, no. We can't. We can't have no, that. We it's, can't it's, spend one hundred fifty dollars for a controller. No, I, I agree. On. I'm not saying people should do it. I'm just saying it's a shame that the basic Xbox controller doesn't have a good D-pad. That's that's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Remember okay. they tried also, to fix the 360 one by <laughs> making one that turned to make it good. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. god, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. The other thing about the controls is the default controls on this game are horrible like i yeah, cannot bad. believe it shipped with these these controls they make no sense the game is all about speed and timing and being able to do multiple things at once and the decision on their end was to put all of the main powers on the face buttons uh so your thumb just breaks and contorts I, the only way i could figure out playing it at first was using my thumb and then essentially making an okay symbol with my thumb and pointer finger and using the pointer finger to press the other face buttons that weren't like, I think X and B. It was- Wait, why didn't you just change it to triggers? No, I did. I, I eventually oh. like remapped, but Got I it. assumed there was a reason that they wanted me to use this finger torture um, and I was wrong. Uh, yeah, and the, I think the, they, for what it's worth, I think the reason they did it, and I don't think this is a smart reason, is because they wanted to make the controls as basic as possible. And a lot of people that are like casual people don't really grok the like trigger thing necessarily. Mm -hmm. So by just using face buttons, it made it a little bit easier. But that also doesn't explain the locking being on a trigger. So never mind. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. One other thing that I, I was impressed by, and I was curious about this when I saw it in previews, is these cartoons do not have the the best history uh racist caricatures were kind of like a bread and butter of this period yeah, right um and for the most part they are able to maintain that style 
and in some cases reference the worst like the really nasty aspects of it without um actually depicting those terrible things what is an example of that where they reference i i i'm i'm not gonna go it there like I, <laughs> i'm just I, curious I, I, honestly because I, 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 I honestly don't know how to like talk about it without sounding awful sounding awful um, yeah, I I found uh, like I was looking for it too, and I think anyone that like knows that era of Song of the South and stuff like that was is certainly like very aware of it. And yeah. I think they lean. Uh, I mean, it seems pretty. Yeah, it seems like they handled it with like a lot of kid go- kid gloves for the most part. Yeah, yeah, which the- is for the best, really. Yeah. Like that shit should not be in this game right <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah I, I i think it was good i don't think it's nearly as hard as um the hype cycle like made it out to be i I, I think it's way more <laughs> for, what there he pro goes. gamer get good pro- yeah well i i think it is <laughs> on top of just being able to tell like what's hurting you and what you can hurt it really, really cues you into what an attack is going to be. Like, if you think about the punch-out thing where, oh, you know, this character is twisting left and right two times, that means he's about to deliver this attack. Right. Um, it forecasts its attacks very, 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 very clearly. Um, so if you are patient and learn how to do that, for the most part, I feel like once you know how to beat a boss... It's only a few more rounds until you do it. It doesn't have that issue, again, except for the final bosses, where I know how to beat this, but the game is so punishing that even though I, I, I know the path to victory, I can't achieve it. And, and that's a thing that I don't enjoy about kind of classic running gunners is it becomes more of a thing of just arbitrary skill. Um, the end and luck, where you don't have like a limited number of lives to have to worry about you can you can the second you are frustrated you can retry and it reloads the battle in i don't know a second a half a second so it's it's so much it's all of the things that are good about that period of uh video games with so much of the fat cut away um, I, though, speaking of loading uh i played on the xbox one and it has been slow. a grip since i played something on the xbox one i've mainly played on the ps4 pro and uh i think i've been a little bit spoiled because the loading f- f- into the world and out of the world like loading up missions and stuff feels pretty onerous in do you, old, do you have that same thing when you restart like when you retry inside no, of a mission no, that, okay. that 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 loads right away but okay. like going back into the world or starting a new level like it takes a it takes little yeah. bit yeah um can we play this together playing because it's got co-op and that's how i want to play it because it looks really fun but i haven't yeah i, I want to try it. it co-op looks like it could destroy friendships because yeah. the difference is you share a, a pool of life and you when you revive to to bring somebody back uh, you have to parry them, but really that's just kind of tempting you to get Put yourself out of in your danger. safe spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, they, yeah, I'm very I think curious about it. Yeah, I've seen, uh, so I, I played a little bit of co-op in the office and I played, uh, and, and they do two interesting things. One, you're right, like the parrying system, which I think is really awesome. The like reviving another player before their ghost flies off the screen is like really cool. Yeah. Um, it also increases the health of all of the enemies in the game uh bosses and little guys and everyone um so i actually think it is a lot harder to play in co-op but i it's super fun like Mm. the the like strategy and finally making it to the end like there is a celebratory element to this game that should absolutely be like applauded and 
I think they did a really good job of making it like a great couch co-op game. Yeah. Um, I do want to really say... I just can't say enough about the aesthetics, too. A lot of times Jesus, with games that have a specific look, you get a little bit inured to it after a while. It, it kind of fades in the background. But, man, it's just so considered and deliberate and, like, unlike anything i think in in video games that like yeah. it, it was really delightful it's one of the few games like i got my daughter into the room like you have to see this and then you have to watch daddy curse <laughs> and, and it's it's holistic with them in that it nails the when you're in a boss fight it looks like uh steamboat willy essentially but when you're in that overworld it has that that look of almost like a disneyland map um, yeah, yeah, yeah combined with uh, the first world you are in the music is just a riff on Disneyland Times Square. It is really Main Street. Re- yeah, thank you, Main Street. <laughs> that would be a very different park. Um, but yeah, it, it, every every little detail is so good at that. Um, I really wish the final boss battles were good because it is weird that this game that is all about just fantastic boss battles ends with woof. the the final the the penultimate boss is. You have to fight between three and nine bosses and then do this impossible parrying exercise uh, with and basically store up lives because there's not a really a great way to do it. And then the final boss, I swear, has a bug in it that deals automatic damage if you don't essentially perform a dodge the way that the game wants you to. Uh, so it, it was a huge bummer and I hope they patch the ending heavily i hope they take mm. the criticism um because well it's it's such I'm, a drag for it to be so fair yeah and then I'm, to I'm get surprised. to what should be exciting and just i i i really just had to brute force it yeah i'm surprised that you had trouble with it given like specifically given your controller and how great that is <laughs> yeah that, that's what I, I and i i hit the just win mode on my right, control exactly. because yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. I, I do want to say one more thing to, mm-hmm. before we close it out. I, not the friendliest of colorblind friendly games oh, yeah. in the world. And if you are colorblind, just specifically the issue is they use two colors a lot, purple and pink. And pink you can parry and purple you can't. And the problem here is that they both have red in them. And it is really, really difficult to tell them apart at sometimes. Certain art, it's doable i can tell but certain art is like a real struggle and for a game that's all about like very quick movement good fucking luck yeah so just keep that y'all you already know how much i love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. 
So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Um, I want to talk about mine real quick because we don't have a ton of time and I want to get to Destiny. But my game this week, this month, is Golf Story for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, This is a golf RPG from uh, Sidebar Games, sort of in the style of the really good Camelot um, uh, Mario sports RPGs. Mario, Specifically Mm -hmm. Mario Tennis and Mario Golf uh, for Game Boy Color and uh, Game Boy Advance, which are, yep. in my mind, sort of the pinnacle of this. We've ta- I, I feel like Russ and I have talked specifically a lot about games like this, uh, probably on Besties and how uh, modern Mario sports <clears throat> games have kind of lost Heart a lot bad. of the magic that make these made, made those games so great. I don't get it. Like they like every like those were tens like people yeah, pre- people love gave them. perfect scores to those Mario games Golf and then they were like Tour is a is a fucking wonderful 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 game um and i'm i'm glad to say the golf story maintains a lot of what makes those games really great it is yeah uh, a, a golf rpg where you play sort of this fledgling golfer who is trying to make their way in this circuit and they are in this world uh, that is entirely made up basically of uh, eight golf courses with different themes. Um, and what's really neat about the game is that it just drops you into a course and then gives you free reign to go around exploring that course. Um, and in exploring it, you can find lots of sort of hidden objectives and bonuses that you can just sort of go around and find. You can level up and get money that you can use to uh, purchase a few new goods. Um, and by leveling up, you can increase certain stats. Um, it does an interesting thing with leveling where if you boost your power, which basically increases how far you can hit the ball, especially from drives, it decreases your more technical stats. 
Um, so you have to be. Constantly... That was a thing in Mario Golf as well, though. I, that I, was a mechanic. I guess so. I don't really remember, but it, it, yeah. so it, it makes sense, right? If you boost your drive, so you can drive it, you know, two hundred and fifty yards, um, then your control is going to be a little bit off, and your your spin is going to be a little bit off. Um, and mm-hmm. so you constantly have to. You can't just like rush that. You have to be constantly sort of maintaining your other stats. Um, the this the side quests in this game. I think this part's probably probably going to be a little bit divisive. Um, in that you in like following the story, you are going to do a a ton of side quests and i would liken these to uh objectives in like tony hawk's pro skater 4 where you're just going around the world and you're not necessarily going around doing you know missions where you're doing stunt combos you're doing weird shit um yeah. like for instance in golf story maybe that entails getting a lawnmower and mowing the grass or hunting down moles that have taken over the course and and hitting balls into into their sort of field um what's really neat is that you don't have to like load up one of these missions to start golfing you don't have to start a course to start golfing there is a button that you press and you just drop your ball on the ground and now you can shoot and so like anytime you are anywhere you can golf so maybe you see like an island off in the distance and you think that there's something on that island you can just drop your ball hit a ball hit it over there and then see what's up maybe there's a switch that you have to like hit um there's also a neat skill that you can unlock uh where you drop the ball or you throw the ball up in the air and then you can hit it right away as it's falling which is feels really really sick every time um in in general like it feels really good it is it one of those three hit golf games where you hit uh you aim your shot and then you hit it once to start the meter then you hit it twice to uh, choose your power then you hit it a third time to choose like how well you control the ball um yeah and so that is the basic loop of the game you will go around following this story which entails you to like do different favors for people on the course or explore uh you know parts of the course to find things and then you will usually end sort of your 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 run on each of these eight courses by actually playing that course maybe against other people or in just sort of an open game to see how good a score you can get um and the writing is surprisingly pretty funny and it's kind of uh, like um you, what is it? you likened it to this... undertale uh, yeah I, I i i guess that's a weird comparison for me because like there's there's lots of funny games out there it's also sort of in line with like the mario I mean, just rpgs totally. a, a, yeah. a little yeah, bit mario and it's very like one. irreverent yep. and uh you know uh humorous um but yeah like this is my jam like i i really liked my favorite part of the mario golf games was going around the world and finding different stuff and like finding little secrets and finding ways to to get better i wish there was my two big complaints is i wish there was more um gear that you could like spend money on like whenever you find a new pro shop there's usually only a couple things that you can buy and usually one of them is like kind of situational helping you solve a puzzle in the world that you're in for instance the Mm -hmm. first pro shop you unlock you can buy a uh, a disc and all of a sudden you can use that to play disc golf which is like a whole nother thing that is pretty fun also um and then you can buy like a club or two i wish there was like a a a store with a ton of stuff so you could be like saving up your money to buy things usually it's just like do you have enough money to buy the one or two things that is available at this store um but uh, the the other thing is that um there is uh there there are what's the word i'm looking for um uh, like s- slopes and like different uh, uh, like angles. angles whenever you are uh, putting or hitting shots and there's a little UI indicator telling you like which way the ground is is sloping and how like uh, severe a slope it is. Uh, I wish that that was more represented in how it 
uh, is in games like Everybody's Golf or Hot Shots Golf or the Mario Golf games where it shows you like on the ground, like, okay, this is going a little bit, you know, down right. downhill Arrows towards you. So you got to like be yeah. hitting a little bit harder. Using that one UI thing makes putting kind of tough and it makes uh, like measuring your putt pretty difficult. I've botched a lot of putts just because like that one indicator isn't really enough of a visual language to tell you like to, to, to help you aim your putts correctly. Um, yeah. And so that's that's kind of frustrating. But otherwise, like, I think it feels like a really great golf game and the golf is really fun. There's not like a ton of actual proper like playing through a course that you will do um which is i i find myself at times like just wishing like okay i wish that the story now required me to play a course because i just I, I would like to golf but on the inverse of that i've i loved everybody's golf on ps4 um but that game is just all golf for the most yeah. part and it gets i stopped playing it because that gets tiresome um so i wish the balance was like a little bit better but i i just really enjoy exploring these worlds and doing all the different little side quests that they have through them yeah i, I, th I, I think it's also a, a perfect game for switch or mobile uh I, I would still be playing everybody's golf if it was on vita for sure um right. so yeah I, th I think it's a really great little game yeah i i agree with everything you said i thought the writing was great tonally it's a lot of fun i like doing the side stuff I did find myself and this is kind of a weird thing but i found myself kind of wishing that they bit more of what like mario rp uh, mario golf did on gba like you talked about the putting which i 100 percent agree with but like a lot of stuff like the way they handle um shot previews is a little weird the way they handle um putting spin on your ball is weird um there's like no like the whole like backspin mechanic is like it just feels like odd so like it does feel like they kind of made this with more of a focus on the rpg aspects than they did the like really minutia of like golf which i think makes golf games really good i'll give you like a really simple example of in mario golf on gba and i think on game Boy, game boy color as well when you are putting and you get really close to the cup it actually does like this cool zoom in on the cup to show you like how close you are to like getting it in and like that's something that i kind of missed here um yeah, there's just, like, a lot of, like, like if you're looking, as Griffin said, if you're looking for, like, a real golf game, uh, Hot Shots is excellent and, and is really, like, that. Um, and I kind of wish they were, like, married a little bit closer and, and this was a stronger golf game, but I really enjoy going through it. The other one minor complaint I have is that the side quests really are not side quests insofar as you need to do them to progress the story. Uh, there's like some of them are so, some of them I, are like you have to go, you know, help the, the groundskeeper in order to like fix up sure. the course in order to, to play the tournament. But there was an instance where like um, I needed a shovel and for the life of me could like not find where I could like figure yeah, out where I, I could get I, a shovel. I got caught up on that also. Yeah. And and you're like totally stuck and I've done everything else in the map and I'm running around like a blind person. So the so uh yeah, there are a couple instances where I think they struggle with clarity in terms of the, what they want you to do, but for the most part it's fine and somebody, a lot of fun. As somebody who doesn't know anything about golf, I I found myself this is this is going to be embarrassing and stupid. I found myself really frustrated by the fact that I would set up my my marker for where I wanted the shot to go, and then I would get the shot perfect, and then it would go way past where I wanted it to yeah, go. Yeah, the ball like travels. The ball travels pretty far, and you got to like count it. You eventually you learn to counter for that and like hit and it. A lot of way times, it's it's defaulted me to a a, a 
golf rod <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> inappropriate for the thing that they want me to do, which forces me to kind of cha- like change that uh, on on the fly, which is probably not weird for somebody who like knows about golf games but for me i found it a, yeah a little it, it, I, I coming again right off everybody's golf like i kind of had a better understanding of that stuff like i i to to justin's point like if you hit the ball it is going to go way past where you think it's going to go because the ball is going to roll and so the way you counter that is by maybe choosing a different uh a, a you know a different golf rod and like i always put backspin on pretty much every shot that i do just so the ball doesn't go forever and ever and ever um so so yeah there is some institutional knowledge that is very very helpful in in that regard um let's get to the big show let's just do it let's just do it it's a big show so a very good game released this month is called destiny Mm. um is the second one actually so destiny (laughs) destiny returns is it destiny Destiny, Destiny samus returns destiny samus returns it's called destiny 2 um okay so the first destiny was a game that was built to be a sort of online persistent first person shooter where you could endlessly uh collect loot with your friends and uh uh have unique stories connected to all your weapons uh but it was basically fundamentally a, a broken game that was uh a lot of the the systems underneath the shooting uh, even though the shooting was excellent, all the systems underneath the shooting that would compel you to continue to play it were were bad in a way that I think uh, is is probably the worst they could be in that they were designed to sort of addict and hook and keep you grinding on things um, without giving much fun or new things in return. And for the people that was effective on, it was very effective. And I, I think it was almost kind of a, a cruel game at its inception though you're talking about you're talking about the vanilla the vanilla talking about vanilla release. original destiny i'm walking us in a little bit okay and then as destiny grew uh, in the in over the uh, that put a lot of people off and the people who that was not designed to attract bounced hard and got a really bad taste in their mouth about destiny over the years destiny got various expansions that made it uh, a much more i would say humane experience a lot more pleasant a lot more uh, it felt a lot easier to justify your time spent in Destiny because there was a lot of stuff to do um, and it was all uh, really enjoyable. So enter Destiny 2 uh, where they have sort of defaulted to that where you are a guardian who at the very beginning of the game loses your light, which is sort of code for superpowers in this case uh, because it's been stolen by a mean guy named Gaul. And your your objective in the story um, is to take down Gaul, get your light back, get light back for all the guardians, and rescue the traveler, which is a weird He's a big ball. alien ball. Um, I, I'm gonna try to do like components really fast. Story wise, uh, it is a huge improvement over Destiny, which was a barely sort of tattered together collection of scraps of fragments of story uh this is a much more coherent story it's much more uh uh especially towards the end it ramps up in ways that are evocative of some of the best moments in halo uh where it takes what you know and puts it into a very grand sort of operatic setting um that feels very cool to do um so story is a is a huge improvement there um the things that are sort of hovering around the story are a lot more pleasant. There are adventures that are like mini quests that you can do. 
that uh, are are cool and handcrafted. Uh, they don't evolve over time. They're uh, lost sectors, which are basically like miniature dungeons that you blow through and kill a boss and get some loot. There are public events, which there were in the original Destiny, um, but they are uh, sort of bigger battles that theoretically require multiple people to pile on and and participate in. But these are more humane in that you used to need a app to tell you when these things were going to pop off. Now you get a map with a timer and, and everything, so you know exactly when it's going to happen. Um, and they're also a lot more rewarding than they used to be. And a lot more fun. Like, that is the, that fun. is the activity that I've spent most of my Destiny 2 time doing just because there's no gate on it, and it's, like, instantaneous, and it's usually, like, pretty rewarding. I, I, I fucking adore what they've done with public events. So Destiny is is 2 is, I would say, the key differentiator. If I were to sum it, boil it down to one thing, it is a much more rewarding game than Destiny 1 ever was. And that works in a lot of contexts. It's rewarding in the sense that the the things that you do inherently in the game, I think, are more fun than they were in Destiny, and they're much more pleasant. So it's rewarding in that sense. It's rewarding in the sense that you get your loot um, much more uh, much uh, more quickly, it feels like. The, the drop rates on... The sort of most sought after items, the the exotic items are a lot faster. There's a ton of also legendary, which is one step below that. Um, there's a ton of those items to collect, but you get them at a really steady clip. Um, there are also uh, sort of built in grinds that have been chipped away. You used to have to level up your weapons by using them repeatedly uh, and collect these really crappy little resources on the planets. Uh, to level them up, that is that is gone. That part of the grind is gone. So, in 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 almost every sense, it's more rewarding. I think that is the thing that might hamper it for some people. In that, after playing it a ton, uh, and I do mean like a lot. I don't know exactly how much time, but a lot in in the past few weeks. Um, I feel pretty much like I've done everything I want to do. And that is not necessarily a complaint for me who has other things they want to play. And and I would say it, it is by the design of destiny, but I do hear uh, a lot of people who want to just keep playing destiny that they don't feel um, a lot of reason to, to keep grinding away. And, and, and the important thing to note here is I think that that is largely the result of artificial progression being carved away from the game things like having to gather resources and up uh upgrade your weapons and things like that and ran been... and random rolls on 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 weapons and armor which was the thing in destiny one where a gun would drop and be like oh these perks suck so this gun isn't good so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep trying to get the good one and destiny 2 all the guns are static they have the same perks uh, 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 across the board and so you get one and you've got it there's no need to like keep going back to try to get a better version of the one you've got yeah, um, but there, it feels like there's a lot, there's a ton of stuff to do. It's really like if you're looking at it from the perspective of I'm paying $60 for a game, I think it gives like a ridiculous amount of value. If you're looking at it as this is the new game that I want to be playing all the time until there's new content for Destiny, um, I think that you, you might be a little bit frustrated by the fact that you will get to a point where you're like, well, I feel like my time here is done. I think that that's healthy personally. Um, but I, I know that that's not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, I, uh, I, one quick thing before we move on, I want to do like two minutes on the raid. So if you're unfamiliar, the 
sort of big final piece of end game content that you do in in destiny games is uh, our raids and these are six people uh uh large long i don't want to say even quests they're basically huge dungeons that you have to take on with six people they require a ton of collaboration they require a lot of uh, very high power this is the thing that you're getting your your power higher for so you can do well in these raids um the new raid leviathan for for this game the first one released for it i think is it is interesting in that it is much more mechanical than other raids have been pretty much every encounter in the raid requires um real like really understanding the mechanics of the fight there aren't a lot of times where just shooting your way out is an option you mechanically have to understand what's happening and i think that that's good in some regards one it makes them i think more interesting to do it requires more collaboration um it it inspires a lot of weird vernacular that everyone has to sort of agree on as you're going into it because people bottom call, dogs bot bottom dogs yeah the, it, the last fight in the game has an area where people are teleported to um and some people remain behind we've heard that refer to everything from like home and away teams shadow realm and uh throne uh, room throne room uh they uh, uh uh on the giant bomb stream they call it spooky slide so like there's a lot of there there's a lot of different nomenclature that has to be arrived on and i think that that's really neat the way that that inspires really forces collaboration you used to be able to carry people through the raids if a few people knew what they were doing the rest of the people could kind of hang back and watch and learn and i think that that's interesting that that's not really the case anymore flip side of that there was a stated goal with this game that it would be something where like you would not if you were a more casual player you'd be able to see everything that destiny has to offer and i do think that by making them so mechanical the unintended side effect is i think it would be very daunting to try to approach this um as someone who did not understand the mechanics uh because i think that because they are so mechanical because that's explaining and understanding those mechanics can slow things down so much i've already felt a big resistance from people wanting to teach new people how to do the things in the yeah. rain um, yeah it's, and it's and it's not just the mechanics it is the fact that there is in all of the encounters, zero margin for error. No joke. All the the rate is four encounters. There's three uh, sort of challenge rooms that are every week. They arrive in a random order in the final boss. And in all of them, if one person uh, you know doesn't doesn't kill their their dog at the right time, if one person screws up the rotation in the baths, or if one person shoots the wrong target, uh, or, or you know fucks up something in the gauntlet, or the wrong per one person like doesn't call out their symbol in the callus fight, in, in every single fight, one person can lose the run for everybody, and there is again no 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 margin for error. Yeah. I mean, I think that I w if we're gonna be literal, I don't fully agree. I've been on runs There's in every very, encounter. There's very, very, little very little margin for very error. Very little, yes. Which makes, it, which makes it daunting, because if you're a new player, you don't want to feel yep. like, oh, thanks for taking me through this, everybody. I'm really excited to try the raid. And the very yep. first time, everybody kills their dog, and you don't, and they lose a really good run because of you, and you know it's because of you, yeah. that is going to make people say, like, okay, well, I'm not going to do this. We, also, should talk, we should mention guide. Go ahead. Oh, so that's also exacerbated by the fact that the raid has... Um, uh, revive tokens so in each encounter every player has one token that they can use to revive somebody so if one player is 
maybe new, not sure what they're doing, and they're dying a lot, that becomes like, like that becomes very obvious and very detrimental very quickly. Um, also, yeah. just one more note on that before we move on to Gotti Games. The raid is rated at uh, supposedly 260 to 280 is like the range of it, which yeah. is like your power level. Um, if, if if you start the raid at 260, you'll be fine. By the end of it, if you are in that range of 260 to 280, by the end of the raid, you'll be getting destroyed. You really do need, especially if uh, if you're the only person who's a lower level, I think you could probably get get by. Um, but if most of your team is in that range, you are just not going to have the juice to get it done. And I think that that's kind of a, a misleading thing that could be fixed. Fairly yeah, well, I, I, I want to hit on that too really quick before we get to guided games, because I, I really, really like this game. But the artificial capping and artificial strengthening by way of your power ranking is infuriating. And... The idea that, one, you essentially can't play raids until you devote a tremendous, a tremendous amount of time to the game. And then even once you do get there, that you you are lesser than your peers simply by virtue of you not committing more time to the game. I, I find it, like, kind of disgusting. And I find that it feels to me, and this is very, very much my cynical mind, that it is... So much of Activision's success right now in, in the success of MMOs is measured on metrics. How many hours can we keep somebody involved? Because at a certain point, they're more likely to spend money. And by locking away the thing that everybody talks about, it forces people into the metrics that they want as a company. And I think, I think that's like upsetting because on one hand, people are like, wow, we got all this free content. And it's like, no, you didn't. It, it's it is you you played the amount that they need to meet a certain metric that they're going to sell ads against that they think that they can get you to spend money against and they are putting content back not because the player isn't ready for it but because it is a it feels like a business decision and i i think that is just infuriating i, I would disagree uh, with that. let me oh. let me address yeah okay yeah well, okay let me address Go i don't it, think First of all, there's a lot of a lot of things to unpack. First of all, um, technically, if you are 280 or 281, you have pretty much the same advantage as someone that is level light level 300. So Justin's right; like you really shouldn't be under 280 to finish the raid. But I don't think you need to be max light level to finish the raid. So there's that. Talking about the um, monetary decisions and 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 making a game a certain length to encourage people to spend money. Um, People will disagree with me on this, but I think um, the Destiny monetization systems in Destiny 2 right now are pretty fucking tame yeah. considering where they could be. There are some gameplay uh, impacting uh, things That's that you could bullshit. buy. With, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's mods like for your weapons, which you can get from right. a billion other places. Right. For Effectively, and, there aren't. Yeah. Um, uh, there, I, I, I think it's... I, I disagree with it being a business decision. I, I think that this is just a model of these games and literally any MMO where there, yeah. ha there has to be a final, like, 
check on your something abilities, for you to work something towards. for you to work towards. Because I, my, my complaint is that there's not enough of that stuff in Destiny 2, because I am one of those players who has played it several hours a day, every day since it came out. Um, and only now I'm starting to fall off a little bit because I have two characters at the highest light or power level that you can possibly get to right now. And one who's like one armor piece away from also being that uh, as of last Friday, I have collected all the exotic weapons in the game. Like I, I am one of those people who has hit the point where there is nothing left for me to do. And because there's there's some of those things have been removed, which I did not mind when I was leveling up things like random rolls on weapons. Um, and uh, my, my biggest complaint with progression is armor. In that uh, all are, there's not that many like inter- there's no interesting perks or uh, modifiers on your armor. And so there's not a real reason to once you hit max light to like go and try to like collect a whole set or go get the the, the raid has unique pieces of armor and weapons. Right. And all the armor looks really cool, but there's not really a reason to go out and get that stuff. Um, and in, in Destiny 1, that was different. There would be pieces of armor that would give you perks that would help you out in certain parts of the raid. Like, if you had the boots from Oryx, then you would move faster in the final boss fight against Oryx, for example. Um, there isn't stuff like that in, in Destiny 2, and so I do, I don't really feel this need to, like, go, go play anymore, because this is a game about, like, playing the stuff that is there that is gonna, like, help you out or get you new stuff or get you better stuff, and... I'm I there's there, I've hit the I've hit the ceiling and there wasn't really so much uh, there was a ceiling in Destiny 1 but if you wanted to talk about it in the literal sense it was like you know getting the best roll on all these weapons and getting the you know the armor that's going to have the stat uh, bonuses that you need to like max out and because all that stuff is gone in Destiny 2 like I I just I got nothing left there's also like a lot of stuff that got cut um that uh, made Destiny 1 a lot better that I have no idea why it's not in this game. For instance, uh, you have a vault where you can store all your items and it's not sort of segmented. There's not like a weapon vault and an armor vault to like help you, uh, you know, sort your items a lot better. It's just one big pile of shit that sucks to go through. Um, and then there's things where like there are activities where once they stop being rewarding for you, no matter what, you're just going to stop doing them. And yeah. one one of those things... One of those things that becomes irrelevant pretty much instantly is strikes, which was my favorite thing in Destiny 1. It's the thing I spent my most time doing is these like uh, little, usually like 20 to 30 minute uh, uh, missions um, that would go through and they would usually be pretty rewarding. And there's not really much of a reason to do it once you hit a, a, a certain break point. Um, in Destiny 1, there were strike playlists where by the end of the, the, the uh, experience of Destiny 1, after all the updates and expansions had come out, they would have like a, you know, a scoring metric to them. So where if you did really well, you'd get better loot. And there were playlists. So if you kept playing strikes in the playlist, you'd keep getting better and better gear because there was like a buff for like chaining your strike clears together. That's gone here. And so there's like, I, I, I loved strikes in Destiny 1. I just don't play them anymore because it's like... Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of pointless. It, do, it does feel like, you know, between um, console generations when, like, the new Madden comes out, I realize yeah. it's kind of a time-based thing, but it does feel like the there's a lot of functionality that happened late in the generation of Destiny that I loved. Uh, Strike, like, specific rewards is another example. Like, there's a bunch that they added in, like, Rise of Iron that I thought was just great. And the impression I get, uh, or um, private matches, is also not in Destiny 2 yet. It just, I get the impression that they, there was just a lot of triage happening towards the end of Destiny 2. 
And I earnestly do believe a lot of this stuff will make it back into yeah, the game. for sure. But it's, but it's a bummer to, like, have that reversion on cer- certain aspects. And you're right. Like, I don't run strikes apart from the, the Nightfall, even though they're a lot of fun, because it isn't quite where it should be. So I, I think the game, even by December, uh, will have an, uh, one of the expansions will be out by then, in theory. Um, I think will be pretty drastically different. Um, in the way that Destiny 1 Vanilla was pretty drastically different by December. Um, but yeah, I think that, I, look, I'm not, I think all of these are 100% valid complaints. And if they don't come through and fix a lot of this stuff, it's a real bummer and it detracts. But I also, pointing to what Justin said earlier, like I played hundreds of hours of Destiny 1. And there is something really kind of nice and freeing of the feeling that I'm like, I don't need to play tons of crucible to get this perfect roll on a hacksaw pulse rifle that I really want because um, I'm like happy with where my gear is and I can go off and play other games and do other stuff. Sure. But if, again, if you're looking for a game that you're going to play day in, day out, week in, week, week out, it does not necessarily have that long tail built into destiny right now. Uh, but I'm like, I, I also love having a game where I am excited for, the the future of it and i am not i there is no game right now that i am as bought in as i am in destiny 2 like i've played it tons and tons and tons of hours and you know i have have worked to get all my characters up to max light and now i am like ready for the next thing to come to come out and i i I know that that is like a complaint among the most hardcore players of destiny 2 like there's nothing for me to do now um but like justin said earlier like i played it i played it every day for several hours a day and probably put a couple hundred hours into it um that's good that's good for me and there's a shit ton of games you know that have come out and are about to come out and um i am i am i am i bounced off the first testing because it went too far in the other direction like way too far in the other direction and i'm like i have adored the time that i've spent also like they have already added stuff in to uh make the game uh to, to added in some hooks to bring you back like the yeah. faction rally that came out this week uh the the trials of the nine uh i i had a lot of fun with once i found a group that was like really really good at it um and i hope that that's the direction they go instead of like keeping you hooked by making you go out and uh you know get the perfect (coughs) rolls on weapons or get you know some dumb shard that you need to to upgrade your weapons like keep giving me more event-based stuff and i have every uh that bungie has earned my trust in this department that they will continue to to do stuff like this to to get me going um yeah stuff like the black spindle which there's nothing like that in destiny 2 right now but there was a quest in the first destiny that you just had to like find it was like a secret exotic weapon that required like this incredibly difficult thing you had to do uh to get it and like once they start rolling stuff like that out into the game like there, there, there's there's no shortage of ways that they can just keep adding on to this like foundation that is it is impossible to argue is a weaker foundation than destiny one was yeah, I wanna, yeah the I, I want to circle back real quick to something that plant said like i i hear the you had some pretty strong language about the like the i guess morality of Designing some of the, the the design is that enough to sort of put you off? A hundred percent. I I I I find a lot of the culture around it um not ideal. Like I, I, the thing that I would recommend to people is uh, like everybody here who's talking keeps mentioning that you're playing like hours of this game a day, which makes us I think especially is like adults 
um, with, like, responsibilities. Fortunate, I guess. I, I think that, like, a lot of people cease to have that opportunity at a certain point. And I, what I find frustrating about the culture around Destiny is what you'll find uh, across the internet is here's how to max your character. Don't, don't spend any of these items until you get to this point in the game. And what, what we haven't talked about at all is the game. Like, the first 25 hours, there's a game there that is, like, a pretty good game. It's a fucking that, great game. That you're encouraged largely in the community to completely gas through. Nobody wants to actually play it with you. Uh, there aren't really good incentives for playing it with you. Um, and, and like, uh, again, like, not using your items, for example, until a certain point actually kind of ruins the balance of that game. Um to make it less enjoyable. And I think that's what's frustrating is, again, by gating these things, I get it. I totally get what you mean by you have to have something to work towards. Otherwise, you know, then, then what? what? What motivates people to participate in the grind? But then kind of my, my like flip side of that is, you know, I'm still playing Spelunky every, all the time because it's a good game. And sometimes I feel like with this game, what we're talking about is I really just want a mindless grind that I can do that hits just enough of a balance. So I can like talk with my friends on a daily basis while I play video games, which if that's a thing, that's great. But if that's a thing, then I wish this game made it so that I could play with my friends. Like I have played a lot of destiny. I think I have been able to play with, with my peers twice. Because even though I am level 263 or 264, I'm, like, not good enough. And that's wild to me that I have invested so much time in a game, had to, like, skip some of the best parts because, like, the culture around it is whatever it is. And sure. Yeah, that's true. And, 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 well, it's, and it's, I, it's, I think you're, what they're actually suffering from, though, is residual residual behavior from destiny one yeah like destiny one taught you like churn destiny one yeah. taught you don't waste time on the story because it's bad right and like find ways to min max your progression time because that's literally all there is to to do i mean it's it's just that right it yeah. didn't account for like some of these things are fun and i think what you're maybe running into plant is that some of those changes have been made, but the player base is still not. It is wild to follow the sort of like hardcore fan reaction to this game because it has been this arc of one. How do I get max everything as quick as possible? You know, building on that like still lingering uh, psychology from from the first Destiny and then a week afterwards there's nothing to do in destiny i've done everything and it's like yeah well you yeah, just it, intentionally it, it, did that and like, you can you break did that to yourself you can break out of that too like i like i said like i've hit essentially max light on two of my characters and because there's no random roles and there's no like i've gotten all the exotics so there's not much there's nothing really for me to continue to uh, pursue uh when i when i hop on at night which again is a, a lot more of a infrequent occurrence just because I, I there's not a whole lot of stuff for me to to do some of the, i've been having a lot of fun just like hopping into a fire team with my friends who are you know playing through public events trying to get stuff or 
um, you know, run, run another stuff with those folks. I guess my, my complaint is because like strikes are now irrelevant and there's, there's not a lot of mid level activities yeah. that yeah. plant and I could do together. There's only really the, 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 the raid, uh, at, at this point for plant, which well, like nightfalls and then PvP. Falls, but, yeah, well, I'm not a huge PVP player, but, um, there, I wish there was more stuff where now that I'm max light, I could do to like help out my friends because right now it's just like grinding public events trying to get exotics there's like weird break points there's weird in the typical mmo parlance's hell levels uh where where it's just like well if you can't get past if you can't get from 265 to 280 like that 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 takes a while and there's not a lot of great options for you to to do that um but yeah, like yeah. I, I've broken out of that cycle for the most point by virtue of the fact that I beat it. I overcame the cycle and hit the hit the end of it. I hit the max on everything. And now only now I'm like actually enjoying playing the game without that carrot in front of me. And and that carrot requires you to do some very, very specific stuff and essentially ignore everything else. And and I've yeah. I, I I enjoy playing that stuff now, but it did require me to play a couple hundred hours of only going after that carrot and only playing I, the specific stuff that benefits me. Sure. I also th I think the way to think about it I don't think it's by a, the way, Ditto. Jesus. I don't think good work. I don't think that it's a um You're at sixty, right? A, Let's get good. <laughs> I don't think it's a design problem necessarily. Um, maybe it's a presentation problem in terms of like guiding people to the right spots. I think the issue is really, it's a humanity problem. It's a, it's a gamer culture problem as plant sort of alluded to. And, and gamer culture is not just, you know, I'm going to play 1200 hours and mainline my way through this game to get to the end game content. It's also Chris plant who can only play, let's say one hour sure. every couple days we and the problem is you're trying to design a game and this is not a knock on Bungie. i'm just saying how difficult it is you're trying to design a game that appeals to both of those groups and for me i certainly probably lean towards the more hardcore of the group but i'm not the extreme so the fact that i in the back of my head are like like i play with a bunch of guys that are like much more extreme hardcore than i am in the back of my head, I'm like, well, I need to sort of stay in their general realm so I can still experience this endgame stuff. But then, again, that leaves someone like Plant, who's more casual, yeah. out to... Ideally, yeah. in an ideal world, you would find other casual players to experience this content with at your own pace. That being said, I think, specifically for the raid, which has always been, like, a very intense, super hard thing, I, like, if you had six pretty casual players playing the raid i think no one would get through it now we should yeah. we should mention because we addressed it earlier but we never really dug, uh, dove into it is the guided games feature which bungie included yeah. where if yeah. you are a player like plant like you could uh, ostensibly hop into guided games and then find a group that is willing to to take you through the game uh take yeah. you through either the nightfall or or the raid and so that is in there it doesn't make Has the raid anybody any less here tried that like i have not no uh, i haven't tried it i've heard it takes about 45 minutes or at least it did take about 45 minutes to get into a group which makes sense considering you're you can only do guided games with five other people which is to say like there can only be one noob as it were sure. in this group so it I mean it's 45 but, but minutes and gonna, I also that's hear gonna get better. like a lot of the stuff we're talking about yeah. also is uh, a symptom wait, wait, of the wait. fact I want to hear what else Russ has here, heard I was gonna also say it's kind of a bummer as far as I understand it even though I haven't tried it myself there's no like I'm gonna queue up for this and then do my own shit 
you basically just sit and stare at a menu. That's a bummer. A lot of this is symptomatic of the fact that this game is new and everybody is, you know, really excited to keep playing and get the the highest stuff. That first week was wild because the raid came out week two. And so there was this, like, there was this really high tension race of like, okay, well, don't turn in your milestones. Don't start this quest. Don't turn in these things until you hit this cap or else you're not going to be able to get to 280 in week two and be ready for the raid. Like that that race is still, even though, you know, a lot of this stuff is out now, it's still in effect. And I think it's going to get better as sort of the experience goes on and there's more stuff to do and there's not this like pressure to like max out right now. beyond so that, stupid. Yeah. I think it's beyond stupid that they release the raid a week after release. It should be, oh, hell, put it out a month after release like if it came out now i think everyone would be like like they'll take a little break and then they'll be really excited because there's new content and it stretches things out and it lets people that are more casual into the right light level yeah and it's not a race like it 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 de-emphasizes the insanity that happens at launch during a destiny i played the game in an unhealthy way that i did not necessarily enjoy as much as i could have if i had taken my time and explored more stuff and uh done more uh, different kinds of activities instead of just like one or two very very specific activities required to get you there and while that's nice that was at its most intense form that first week i again like i think that that is still in effect and i think it's i think it's gonna get i think it's gonna get better um it is nice it's just a bummer it's just a bummer because the raid's the best shit in the game like raiding in d1 and the raid in destiny 2 it's still even though there are some problems with destiny 2's raid we didn't talk about like some of the bugs that make uh specifically that final boss fight like really fucking frustrating um i still really really enjoy the raids and it's a bummer that only like the top you know two percent of players ever actually like play and complete it um, i think actually 10 is the is the yeah stat it's probably up to I've 10 seen. now it okay. does increase over time obviously i uh, it's just funny that like everyone in the world that plays destiny gets to experience the stress and unhappiness that comes from having to review a game in two days <laughs> that's like like <laughs> i was i reviewed destiny with Summit. And the fact that I was like grinding, grinding, grinding to get to the raid because I had to because of the review, but so was everyone else because they felt like they needed to play the raid at launch. Yeah. So it's just kind of funny, a little sneak peek into what it's like to race through a game even yeah. when you don't necessarily want to let's let's wrap up because i gotta i gotta head out here in a few minutes but for for my money like even though it has problems like destiny 2 is like still some of my favorite time playing games this this year so i think it's definitely the the winner this, yeah yeah this month. i think destiny 2 for sure uh yeah. last month the game that won was my game echo uh lone echo uh, but I, I, and while I thought right. that game was really, really cool uh, and had a lot of really interesting stuff going on, and if you have an Oculus, you should go get it. I, I think Destiny 2 is my, my jam. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and this is the end of the quarter, right? Uh, yeah. October, November, December is the final quarter. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is, this oh, is. Oh, wait. No. So Lone Echo. Did Lone Echo win the last? Yeah, it won the no. last one. This it is for won... September. We're talking September right now. So this is the last game of, of third quarter. Right. July, August, September is the right, third, right, right. Third, Got so, it. Okay. Yeah. So, do we need to pick of the a winner of the quarter no, in this have, stupid exercise? We have no. Uh, Destiny is the winner of the quarter because it beat the, the the reigning champ. So currently, right. we have, if memory serves, we have the Zel- Legend of Zelda, Zelda, Player Unknown's yeah. Battlegrounds, and Destiny Two. What a fucking oh. year, y'all! Oh. One insane. <laughs> yeah, pretty brutal. Yeah, what's uh, what's and, October looking like? Uh, oh yeah, yeah there's Mario. not really anything coming out in October, so we're fine. Yeah, New Mario, the Shadow of War, um, Assassin's Creed. I yeah. I just love that Mario and Zelda are gonna face off in a game of the it's year thing, wild. and they and they both might lose to 
to Plerinone's battleground. Yeah, there's we'll a see. chance. Um, Juice, take us out. Take us out. Take us to do the thing you usually do. Well, take us to orbit, ta- folks. Let me take you to orbit. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the besties. You can find more about all of these games and, believe it or not, other games at Polygon.com. Uh, we would love it if you would um, uh, rate and review our show on iTunes if you enjoy it. That is a great way of sharing it and maybe like tweet about it or something just to let people know that we're here toiling in obscurity just hoping for you to spread the good word uh we would very much appreciate that um but uh that is going to do it for us for this week so for my co-hosts my name is Justin McElroy thank you for listening to the besties we'll be back with you again next month because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games ah. Let's see.